Welcome to the Unbiased Label Podcast with your host, Zara Karutz. On this podcast, we believe that labels belong on clothes, not people. We have real talk on all things fashion and culture from a critical global perspective. I am so excited to announce a new segment in partnership with the Asian Fashion Journal with Jacqueline Pham reporting from Vietnam on fashion through the lens of Asian culture. You can listen to Jacqueline's segment after the conversation where she discusses Peter Doe's debut show at this year's New York Fashion Week. This episode is a conversation with British Nigerian fashion designer Tokyo James and American Nigerian photographer and creative director Mikey Oshai, who is the man behind the brand's visual imagery. Tokyo's studio is based in Lagos, and since the brand's launch in 2015, has taken the fashion world by storm with his impeccably tailored designs, strong cultural references, and intensity of storytelling, which is redefining the modern man with an unapologetic intersectional aesthetic of identity. Please join me as I talk with Tokyo and Mikey about their creative process, thoughts on society, and the importance of their Nigerian roots. Now on to the conversation. So this is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in the studio. Yes, we are. We've got Tokyo James. Hey. My favorite designer. Thank you. And Mikey yes, popped Mikey. by. <laughs> yes. Mikey. I was supposed to go somewhere, but he said, come here. <laughs> well, this is going to be fantastic because you are the genius behind the imagery yeah. for Tokyo James. Yes. It's beautiful. a different type of luxury. That's that's what we call it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. Should we start with you, Tokyo? Sure. Fire away. So I am curious to the point of where you were in your life, because you launched in 2015. Yeah. Where you were said to yourself, I am a fashion designer, and this is my calling or my new direction forward. I think for me, I've literally always wanted to be a designer, but because I never went to fashion school, it was a thing that I thought wasn't, we were not allowed to dream that. mm and why was that was that because of your family uh, not necessarily because of the family it was more because of the industry as a whole i never really thought that if you didn't go to fashion school that you were allowed to be a designer and you had that authority within the those spaces in order to do that because at the time that i wanted to do it there were not a lot of people mm-hmm. and the stories that were being told were they went from this school to this school to do this to do right. that and so you're just like, okay, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Yeah. So how do you get to that point? It was actually during the period of time, like when Barack Obama was president. So, My favorite president. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more there. And it was just the fact that, oh, wow, there's a black person. Yeah. The president of the free world. Right. So I was like, well, if he can do it, then I can I can be a designer too. So, you, so what you're saying is a black man, you felt like becoming a fashion designer was unobtainable 
for you? Yeah, because at that time, how many black people were actually in fashion? We're always working yeah. behind the scenes. There were no creative directors at that time. There were actually fashion designers that right. were maybe at the helm of major houses or in their way. I think the only person that we looked up to at that time, probably not even looked up to, but that was of relevance at that time was Edward. Yeah. Um, right. It was Edward and Andre Leontali. Mm. And those were the two people that were really prominent on the world stage that people would be like, okay, yeah. And if you were not in fashion, you probably didn't even know who right. they existed. What about Kanye West? That's a tricky ooh. one. <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Mikey? I think yeah. I think Kanye. Kanye is I like the colours. He says he likes the colours. That's what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's good for the culture. Yeah. He's definitely good for the culture and what he does. Is I, he? Do you think so? The MAGA situation, is he? Really With the MAGA situation? Okay. The okay, let's leave the politics out of okay, the, fair. Okay, fair. that. But what he does do for fashion and, and the, the prominence and the visibility he brings to the industry yeah. is... He is... It's amazing. He touches something and a lot of the black designers now that are up there right now have the Kanye effect. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they were nowhere without... Love him, hate him. him. Yeah, he, he, is, he is a movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is. Love so, him or hate him, he is a movement. So we have to... Do, we still have to... Recognize. Yeah. yeah. No, Give him of course, of course. Homage, yeah. Okay, so... I'm still curious. And we know why you didn't then. So what made you? I've always wanted to. I'm obsessed with construction i'm obsessed with clean lines i'm obsessed with tailoring i'm obsessed with leather it's something that i wanted to do when i got into the fashion industry but i just never had the courage so what i did was learn fashion from all the other aspects right before i actually decided the styling creative directions pr press all of that was stuff that i was just like okay now I know this. I now understand all the realms in the industry. Finding your voice. I think Rough Magazine. Yes. That voice is very clear. The critical point of view. I think for designers, you have to know what you're saying. Yeah. And so you can see the translation from what you were saying before you started even designing to how that translated Amazing. in your designs. Yeah, that was really pretty much it. It was that critical thinking yeah. of going through the process of as like knowing everything. So yeah. because I didn't take a traditional path, so I thought that I'm like, okay, I, I have to know everything because all the things that they would have taught them in school, right. I'm not getting that education. Do you yeah. get what I mean? So yeah. my, my education was pretty much just get into the life. industry. Yeah, life. And get on with it. So what was that moment? Did you wake up in the morning? What was that? I um, am going to do this. We were in Lagos and we were in one of the local markets in Lagos. And there was a particular fabric. It was white and it had embossings on it. And I made the first suit. After I made that first suit with a tailor, I went to go buy all the machines. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. That was the, no turning back. It was no turning back. It was. Like... They were just like, yeah, I'm going to go buy the sewing machines. And literally in 2015, that's how the studio started. I started off with um, three machines and now we are on 20. Mm. 
In Lagos. In Lagos. You're a Nigerian British man. I'm a British Nigerian man. You're a British Nigerian man. Because I was born and raised here. So I. Oh, that's where it goes first. First, so where you were born and raised is why you put it. So, like for instance, Mikey is he's Nigerian because he was born in Chicago. Oh, where are you, Chicago? Yes. Where in Chicago? Um, uh, Cook County Hospital, Devon Street. Yeah. Okay, so you're an American Nigerian. Yes. So, but if you were from Nigeria and you came to America to naturalize, you'd be a Nigerian American. Got it. So, Got so it. the difference is the British emphasizes, okay, he was born here and he's also of Nigerian heritage. So where were your formative years? So I did my primary school education and everything here. I went to St. Anselm's in Tutin. Oh. Yeah. Tutin. So I was in Tutin. I did my primary education there. Then afterwards, I now went back to Lagos. Mom took me back to Lagos. I did my secondary education. Oh. So after secondary education, I came back and I did my university at Queen Mary. Queen Mary. Yeah, Myland. Oh, God, Myland. East London. So I, it was inevitable for me to end up in fashion because I'm in East London. Like literally the heart of fashion yeah. in the UK. Yeah. And it's very creative. What, what's your take on the fashion industry? I'm curious to get your perspective mm. on you know, you traveling the world, Mikey, you Tokyo, you're a fashion d- designer, you're in it. What do you think of fashion in the UK? I think fashion in the UK is amazing. It is creative. Yeah. It is ed- edgy. It's it quite, is. It's quite innovative. A lot of the greatest designers in the world have passed through here. They really have. <laughs> they really have. So you've yeah. actually passed through our system and we we support and nurture that experimentalness there's a freedom here yes there is and here even though it's still a system there's a sense of liberation i feel that it's about the quality of the work yes there's a hybridity i feel of influences of global south global east look at you i mean These hybrids, I I love the cultural mixes. And that's why London is one of the greatest cities in the world. I think so. Yeah, because it's just, it's a melting pot. I think there's every race in this damn country. Yeah. From every country in the world. It's crazy. And everyone brings their little spice and deposits into the pot that is the UK and that's the same with fashion so everyone ideas keep on merging together different people different cultures different views I think it's pretty pretty amazing yeah I agree so what made you when you decided to become a fashion designer go to Lagos rather than make camp here as much as London is amazing what it it is it's still very expensive mm. um gone are the days where kids had the support creative wise for the arts they just cut the art funding the government just cut the funding to the arts by 50 percent. that's horrible that makes me angry yes they do that in america too you've just caught this but the arts is what creates pretty much half of all the jobs that you see right in in the informal sectors in the creative sectors in all of these type of things like the UK economy mm-hmm. as like fashion on its own employs over 800,000 people. It's a trillion dollar industry. Then how do you cut the funding to an, uh, an industry that is providing a trillion dollars 
to the global market to the global market it's very bizarre it's it, it really is and it's almost like they're squeezing more and more and it's like there's only so much more that people can can get and it's kind of heartbreaking because a lot of designers can't literally materialize their dreams because mm. there is mm-hmm. no support system i think i've said this to you before mikey if i did it here how would you have had to cope with rent and the bills production and right. production and paying or you how if you don't come from money then how the hell are you going to do it so do you think by going to lagos it has allowed you to be successful because the infrastructure has given you the freedom to have the resources pretty much i yeah. do i do agree so this is why for me it was it was one of the best decisions that i made because it did give me that infrastructure it did give me that that freedom to actually experiment and create the brand officially launched in 2015 yeah in south uh, africa in, uh, in in yeah but I was doing other stuff while I was there in Lagos. Oh. So it was a situation whereby I could experiment and I was allowed to fail. Oh, you're right. right. So, which is not even failure, but I just looked, okay, we're not going to do it that way because there was time in markets like here, there's no time to actually fail because everything is on the line. Well, and I think it's also a mental mentality. I tell myself I have nothing to lose. Listen, just yeah. go for it. Yeah. Who cares anymore? What's the worst yeah. scenario? What's the worst thing that happened? Uh, yeah. I'll Start go, again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I have life and there's breath. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a freedom, though. It's a liberation. It is. I I totally totally agree about that. I just think it's it's amazing. And it it made me meet so many amazing people. So like Lagos is almost like a melting pot for Africa. There's everyone in Lagos. We always say this. Lagos is like Nigeria is the America of Africa. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I have to go. Is that how you met Mikey? Yeah, Yeah. we met. (laughs) We met Mikey in Lagos. Did you live in Lagos? Yes, I was living in Lagos and I met him. So uh, my family house is um, close to his house. So, yes, so my dad's gas station. Yes, that's what he has His dad's gas station. I love a good gas station. (laughs) I took my first love at a gas station. (laughs) No, but but then, obviously, I knew the the brand. I knew the face behind the brand. Do you get what I mean? Is that because you were into fashion? So I have a law background. Why you have that intensity. (laughs) (laughs) I fell into fashion by accident. So, honestly, and... I started with my iPhone because I wanted a good Instagram. What is I, your Instagram handle, by the uh, way? Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y-O-S-H-A-I. Mikey. Oshai. That's Oshai. my name. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> so I just wanted a good Instagram. And my camera I had was like a beginner camera for YouTube. That's what I wanted. I have like three videos I on YouTube because I was trying to, you know, be that person. I saw the videos. <laughs> <laughs> to be that person. But then from there, I just started like, taking pictures. And I noticed on my Instagram, photos I took did more than photos of my face. So I'm like... Oh, and that's unusual. Are you trying to tell me I'm ugly? What's going on? (laughs) Don't you guys like the selfies? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I noticed that people were like, oh my God, what camera do you use to take this picture? I'm like, no, it's my iPhone. It's just an edit. So it it didn't make sense to me. But like, the more I kept on going and literally like the domino effects, my very first paid job was to shoot uh, Polaroids for a modeling agency because they liked my stuff. Your style is so ridiculously clean. Yeah. So with photography now and like with fashion, I didn't really see it as a career. It was just thing I did. 
because I, st- yeah. I was still in law school at that point in time when it, when it first of all started. Do you get what I mean? Where in law school? Where do you Lagos, Lagos. Nigeria? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bachelor's in degree in law. I'm gonna um, call you. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't pay. It actually pays me more. So. <laughs> no, but if I need you and Le- yes. I'm in Lagos, no, please, so I'm gonna call. I'm call me. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 for me, it was a thing of like this can actually be a career. You yeah. Know? And yeah. that's how it all started. So from one client to what and like in Lagos, it's also like London where. It's literally just referral, you know. Right. Who's I got a guy? I got a guy. You have to try yeah. Mikey. You have to try Mikey. And yeah, I'm here today. I think we carry each other on high. I can. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. So uh, now my, my very first viral shoot was with him, and it was a, it, and it was you know those unplanned situations. Oh, where are you? What am I at home? Oh, come, come to the studio. Like this situation. That's yeah, totally literally. That's, unplanned. No, that's I how, love that. Story of my life. Story like, of my life. Do you know what it's so funny? Like, cause yeah, I know a lot of the processes that a lot of designers have for creating their garments and everything like that. Just as yeah. you said, this situation, I don't do that. Everyone has a mood board and everyone is... Yeah. Do- I don't do that. How do you yeah. do it? How do you work? I-, I am literally, here's the fabric. This is what I want. After you make it, and I don't, I'm like, rip that off, take that off, yeah. put that in, yeah. done. Look one is done. Then we go into look two. I don't do all of those type of moves because I'm, I'm the way I see it... It's raw like that for me. It's more raw. Yeah. I think, and it's more authentic and it's actually creating because the way I see, the way I envision fashion and especially menswear, we have like maybe six or seven silhouettes and it's a manipulation of all those silhouettes. And for instance, menswear is shirts, trousers, shorts, jackets, suits, jackets. um, What again? Trench. Trench. Mm. Yeah. That's why I say six or seven trench, mm-hmm. and maybe if you want to be experimental, vest, vest, or one of the tops or jumpers and all of those right. type of things. And you're literally manipulating all of that with with te- with fabric, with techniques, right? And all of that adornment, exactly yeah. appliques and everything yeah. like that. And you're literally transforming. How do we make the shirt more interesting? How do we reinvent the trousers, but still keeping it very, very wearable but different fashion for me is about simplicity no okay you say this but i have to stop you for a second it's not simple because i'm like thinking no it's not you don't think it's simple your work is some of the most complex work let's just look at your spring summer 2022 collection yeah i can't count on two hands how many textures, mixing of fabrics, ruchings, silhouettes, not to mention the, the whole accessory game, the the draping, the the use of skirting. I mean, it's nothing, no offense, <laughs> simple. <laughs> it's nothing simple. And that's why I love it. I think perhaps there's the simplicity in the construction, in the quality, which allows the color and the use of everything else and how you assemble it mm. to look simple, but it's far from it. No, I, 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 I get what you're saying, Zara. I just feel that with it, I I agree with you, but maybe it's because I'm in it. So I'm yeah, just like... Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, what do you think, it's, Mikey? No, it's, it's, I get what you're saying, but it's, it's a thing of like myself. It's hard to explain, but it's like, you know what you want from me. You know what it is. So you're like with him in this process, he knows what doesn't work. So when he sees like, no, I don't want this. I want this. So to him, it's like, it's simple. because it's, it's simple it's, in it's, your it's, mind. It's a yes or yeah. no thing. Do you get what right. I mean? Right. But to the viewer, the consumer, it's like, oh my God, the details, the embroidery, the this, the that, the this. But for him, it's just like, I know what I want. I know what I don't. So how does your mind work then in such a simple but complicated way? Has it always been that way? 
Yes, and a lot of my mind works based on social issues. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, <laughs> uh, what is it? Osu. Osu. Yes. I love this. I think this is kind of a reflection of who you are. And that audacity to kind of be yourself was from the very first collection with the, uh, I don't like you. And then you continue it with, I'm fucking <laughs> Tokyo James. Like you're really brash about kind of not shying away from controversy. Mm. But then in the whole collection with the spring, summer 22, the meaning behind that, it's like, well, yeah, this is, you're just really laying it out there with being an outsider, an outcast, or being different and giving liberation to that. I look at a social issue and think of how to expand it. A lot of our social issues can be solved very simply, but we as human beings, we always, totally, we always find a way to complicate everything. And I'm like, I think that's on purpose. I think it. I think it's. I think it's a divide and conquer technique. It is. Yeah. We try to convince ourselves that it's not as black and white as as it is, but it pretty much is black and white. Let's use the example of gender fluidity, which I find really interesting. Going back to your current collection, you had what three, four women? Yeah. In the sequence. Yeah. I couldn't tell because some of them I couldn't tell, but I think it was three or four. Yeah. yeah. And then you had the skirting. So yeah. you're very much on trend with sexuality. Of course. We are in a society whereby people are too concerned about what other people are doing. You're right. Who who are you in bed with? Or, or how do you identify? Right. Mm-hmm. Why is that right. anybody's problem or issue? If that person or those individuals are not in any formal way harming right. or complicating your life, right. then why do you care? Well, so, right. so and, and it's now the situation where you now look at human beings and you look at it from that standpoint of view. If you sit them down, why do you care what's about the, What's this? the source? Where's what it coming from? Yeah, where is this coming from? Why do you care? Like, we get it. You might not agree with it, but you even having the end, that's a lot of energy. Yeah. For somebody who doesn't care about it. Yeah, for somebody... Or that, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't care about me. Yeah. So why do you care what I do in my bedroom or how I act in society? Why do you care? Yeah. And that's why I said it's straightforward. But we know why it is that way because society has built these norms yeah. and these structures yeah. to hold power and yeah. authority. Yeah. It comes to power and power. Yeah. Most times it's also internalized. That's right. That's right. Well, Foucault said that. Foucault said, we're going to make this the reality, this false thing, whatever it is. And then we're going to judge ourselves and each other based on this false thing. Which is madness. (laughs) So even saying that we're basing the premises of a whole civilization of human beings on things that really do not matter. There are kids in the world that are starving. There are people in the world that have mental issues. Yeah. That it's like, there are... Those are pressing issues. Pressing issues. That's right. But not what you... I'm just like, are we Are we really on this? Are people marching against in this? In 2021. The, in 2021. Right. So it's all of those type of things that makes you think that, okay, hence why I say it's, it's simple, but I try to understand why society makes it so complicated. So that's interesting. Your work is very powerful. Like what you're saying is very clear. And in your work, you cross a lot of boundaries and everybody acknowledges that about yeah. you. Yeah. But everyone likes you at the same time. Oh, thank you. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh, like it's, you, it's they're not offended. 
they're not like ooh, put off. They actually embrace it, and it's almost there's an admiration. Thank you. Which I think is interesting. Why do you think that is? I think I say it with a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I say it with a with a smile, and I'm like, okay, how do you get your message across without being? Because it is, it is a lot of topics that people don't want to talk about. It. Right. It is a lot of things that people do shy away from. Um, but how do you say it and force the conversation? We live in a country that is 14 years, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> I live in a country where it's where it's, it's illegal to be homosexual. It's illegal it to practice homosexual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's fourteen years. Do you know how bad it is? It's fourteen years for you to, for you to what is it called? Um, to practice the act of homosexuality, and it's ten, in Nigeria. Yeah, yes, in Nigeria. Till today. Till today, and it's ten Isn't years. Is that crazy? It yes. is. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I'm so naive for a country that, it's that too- if you check the Google receipts, it's the number one, number one, or number two most um, country with the most searches in, in homosexuality in the world. Porn. Grinder says it's. It has. <laughs> cool. yes. well, Grinder said it. Grinder. <laughs> Grinder says that the most tops in the world come from come from, from Nigeria. <laughs> Wow. So somebody lying. Somebody <laughs> Somebody's lying. It's hilarious. It's so, so, so funny. Somebody's lying. Yeah. So wow. exactly. but when you do your research. I always love when we tell people who don't live in Nigeria this and that. Like, like, like I enjoy I like they're like, really? When do I have your sex podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, we get into some things. I bet you do. <laughs> and what's the name of that podcast? Whole phase. <laughs> <laughs> Trust it to be that. Yeah, Wow, 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 wow. Living in a culture where it is illegal. Yes. How do you... How do you function? Right. Would they arrest you for your nails being painted? They've arrested people for less. Yeah, they have. <laughs> for less. It's crazy. <laughs> for less. There used to be a time... So when the in October um, last year, there was this whole NSARS movement in Nigeria. A big movement. We're protesting about police brutality and things like that. So also part of the things that we're protesting were about like queer rights because... When the police people stop you and they see like, oh, they, sometimes they take your phone and check if you have grinder because they, yeah. they know what grinder is. Yes. Yes. And like you might have a picture. If you might have a picture. If you have a picture your, of, like, of your boyfriend of your boyfriend or, or something yeah, like that. Or anything gay. It could they be, could take your text message and just type yeah. G-A-Y. If they see anything like that, you are a homosexual and you have to go to prison. So in that situation, if you have a couple of, you know. It's frightening. If you have a couple of Naira with you. Like, okay, so I just, you know, how can we talk? Let me, let's settle this outside, you know? <laughs> but if bribe. I don't have money, right? It's what's scary. my reality? It's a very, I mean? So it's fortunate for some people. Lagos can be good for some people. Like, that's why whenever I meet people, they're like, oh my God, I want to come, I want to come. It's great if you got money. Right, right. If you ain't got money, it's a whole different reality. Right, right. It is. Wow. So how, if that's the climate and you're designing oh. men in skirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How does this go over? <laughs> Doesn't. So, my our space is actually my space is actually like a little hub. We have a we have a creative team of not just myself but other designers that I allow to use my space. Oh, that's cool. And we're all queer, and it's like a safe space. Yeah. Oh, how and how do you create that safe environment? By looking out for each other. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you never know who is who. You never know who really likes you. You never know because there you have clo- you have you have closeted homophobes. <laughs> and do you know the worst part? <laughs> A lot of people who make these laws are uh, homosexuals. Uh, it's ridiculous. So it's I don't like, understand So it's like, that. come on. Yeah, they they are. 
Yeah, it's it's, like, sometimes it's crazy to believe because, like, look at the we're in 2021 for God's sake. So it's the oxymoron about Nigeria. You make laws about, but you can't even sort out kids. A good road, yeah. Education, water. Yeah. There was a flooding that happened like a month ago. You can. Drive, it was almost like a. As if you were in a. You, it was like the Thames. Yeah. But what the what is most pressing right now is who is sleeping with whom. Yeah. In my country, shout out to Where them. does that come from? Is that is is that? The, I it's call it. A I call it. Thing. It's no, a I call it. A, well. I call it a distraction. Uh, from what? <laughs> from their bullshit. Oh, I see. Because it, Nigeria is such a religious country, yeah. and religion is the opium of the people. Uh, they use. They use that. They use issues that really surround the church and all of that to rise. Classic. Write, yeah. yeah. This is classic. She said classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's been done all around the yeah. world, she right? She said classic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're brave then. No, it's, it is crazy. And the thing is also, there are a lot of people who now like, like, fuck that. You know, fuck that. We can have the liberty to, you know, if worst case comes worse, Biden, I'm right here, come get me. Right. You know, he could be like, you know, I'm coming back to London. Right. But a lot of people don't have that. So it's, it's a luxury. I, 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 So I feel like it's, for us, who can always do that? It's upon us to, like, you know, try and, like, change the stories and change, and change narrative. Right. So wh- how are you doing that? Through the work? Yeah, through the work. Through the work. Through the work. And the platforms that you we necessarily have and our voice and doing things. Anytime like you come here, right. we just say, I got to put it on us. Yeah. You need to you need wow. talk yeah. about it. So the more voices that are added into the conversation and the pot, the more people. Eventually. It will. I know. I feel like there needs to be a global uprising of like the queer community. Yeah. Uh, people that are supporters yeah, yeah. need to go and just infiltrate. Yeah. There was something similar in Ghana that happened. A couple of months back, they shot yeah. down this. It was a center. It was a center, yeah. Like basically for security, for like a safe house where sexual rights and what is it called? A clinic and everything. Yeah. You Just literally a safe building. They, the pressure they had to shut it down that's horrible it is there's so much work to do so in tw- hence, who are you telling but, you but tell this, are you seeing what I'm saying about like as you I'm just like why do you make it difficult like yeah. I, I really want to have an answer because to when, that when, question because when you come here no when sense. you come here I see that that's like not the norm it's like then what are you guys that we what, can't do? Like, what, like, do you what, what is, I mean? what is the issue? It's, it is. It's, it's crazy. You're frustrated with who? Which is like the, so for me, what I'm saying is, like here, right? Right. I passed Soho. I saw like, right. there are flags everywhere. Right, so, right. So I'm just like, so this is working here. Right. So what would it take for this to work in my country? Well, it takes people demanding it. It takes, uh, I, I don't know. The gov- So I'll tell you this. Yeah, what do you know? I'll tell you this. In October, there was the police movement. And then what stopped them was a massacre. Oh my gosh! So this is deep. So yeah. So that's that. You just take it, take it, take what you want from that. No wonder why people are scared. Take yeah. what you want from that. Yeah. It was one of those is so, but what we can I need a hug do now. <laughs> <laughs> this got really dark. I'm sorry, guys. No, <laughs> really dark. Really no dark. but that's we need to know. But it's one of those things whereby, again, platform voices conversation the more and more we get visible on the global yeah. stage that's right the, the more global, and more yeah. we're like yeah. yep it's all beautiful and well that we're doing this stuff but yeah. there are issues there are a lot of people that are not like us yeah. do you feel being a designer 
in Lagos who has that global platform? Like, how do you see yourself in that environment and then being on the global stage besides making a safe space, which is huge for other queer designers to be themselves? But how do you see yourself influencing in Lagos? Because you're rooted there. I mean, your studio is there. Yeah. And then you're producing for a global stage. Yeah. It's um, incredible. It's tough. <laughs> it is. Tough. It is because it's also trying to change the minds and perceptions, not minus even the even for the queer community and 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 shining a voice in um, on issues in that part of the world, but is even trying to change the mind of the the global West. And yeah. About what it means to develop luxury from Africa. Right. I find that to be really powerful. I can use myself as an example. I remember when I first went back to Nigeria when I was 10. This was going before I went to my to do my secondary education. So this is someone that has never gone to Nigeria, was born in London mm. and everything. I was petrified. And I was only petrified because of the visuals and everything that I had seen in the media. Mm-hmm from the West about Africa. So I'm just like, oh my God, this and that and this and that. And I was just like, oh my, I literally cried for a week straight. No, it's, a, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. There are kids at the like traffic stops. They come to beg for money. They're like knocking at your, your glass. Like, please give me money. Give me money. So, but it's not even, it's not even. Heartbreaking. It is, but it was, it was even more of dire situations. So like everywhere in the world, there are the goods. And there yeah. is the bad. That's of course. Right. But I think in Africa, they only see the bad. Yeah. So Who only sees the bad? The global, the world? The world. How it's projected in the media. Yeah. How it's projected. Right. Yeah. There's never... That, which is bias. Yeah. yeah. Which is never anything that yeah. is positive about it. So right. for me, going back was like, okay, how do we help yeah. change that narrative? That right. You know what? These things do exist. Not everyone is absolutely destitute and poverty and flies on their face how they like to portray it right they are people and there's a large section of people living fabulous lives well there's i mean it's a huge population yeah how many millions of people so in for instance (laughs) nigeria is the largest country in africa with a population of 200 and 210 or 205 Huge. million people come on by the year 2050 we're going to be more than the united states uh, 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 that doesn't surprise me so and the on the continent of africa i think we're over a billion people wow all together no, we got nigerians everywhere yeah i'll, yeah. Tell, well, you yeah, for, I'll no. tell you that for free <laughs> we got nigerians good everywhere <laughs> i have met, i know so many nigerians <laughs> we get we are, we, <laughs> We global. Before I even knew much about Africa, Africa was With Nigeria. Nigeria. We global. So yeah, so it's that helping change that narrative that yeah. this can exist and this can happen and this actually is a thing in this part of the world. That that can exist from that part of the world and be off standard and comparison and measurability to other luxury brands around the world. Yeah. It's true. Because now everybody wants to come to Africa. <laughs> everybody wants to now be in touch with their roots and the rest and all of that. Well, lives. they've been wanting to do that for years I, in the hip hop culture. I beg to differ. You know why? So shout out to everybody doing that. But what I want to say well, is... he has something to say. No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say much, but it's it's funny to me that it's... A, it's so it's I will say it's trending now. So I'm looking at when the trend dies and when it moves on to something else. What's the trend 
coming Africa right now is trendy. Well, it trended Afri- in the nineties. Af- Af- African music is trending. But it African, trended in the African 90s fashion and it is trending. Okay. Yeah. So when you're coming to Africa, come with the same budget you're coming when you go to other spaces. Don't come here and give us peanuts. So I'll tell you what. So I'm a photographer. I started like three years ago. The very first time, I like to me shooting your vocal cover was never something I saw in my life before. But now because well, again, the rest of these people they come to Nigeria, I'm like, okay, it is possible for like us to work and do these things with these people. But sometimes you hear the prices they offer you, and you hear the price they offer to your colleagues around. Who, if you put your work compared to theirs, yours is better. Yeah. So I'm just like, if you're coming with clear intentions, also come with a clean, good budget, because I like some money. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not gonna play. Listen, Mikey is you not know, gonna have you know, it. No, because because if you speak to influencers, if you speak to actors, if you, if you speak to people, already with black people, we know they always just put us in the corner. Let's start from there. Right. If you like the work, yeah. Why don't you pay for it? Because when you go to other places, you pay for it. Oh, this is a problem. It is. This is a major it problem. Is. So that's why whenever I just hear anybody coming, yeah. like I'm just always on the defense. We are coming to my territory. You're coming to my country to come and take something. Yeah. Put the money down. Don't be, don't give us 1%. So who, how do you combat that? What's your solution? It's a tricky situation because I don't think of it because I can turn it down. I can afford to turn it down. Mm-hmm. Some people need that money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? But they, so, I think, Mikey, they do, they do that over here too. If you're not in the space of being part, because, okay, I get a good example of London. London, our scene is very clicky. Um, Shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, surprise there. (laughs) Our scene is very clicky. You know what my click is? All the, like, non-clicky, that's my click. I love it. Which in its own is a a click. click. (laughs) (laughs) You just gotta find it. It's like... Um, but right. it, it's it's as a whole so and everyone that has their clique and their scenes and who they party with and which group there is if it's the Shoreditch kids or I said I remember back in the years they used to call us the Soho kids because uh-huh. we were in Soho a lot of times and that's how we these were my st- Soho is my street Stomping well this girls. is where I met you <laughs> exactly it's like, Soho it's Soho's I'm becoming a Soho kid <laughs> exactly because we're like I like it yeah I do it's creative but, but it's that situation whereby they do the same thing with with people here. It's it's a it's it's a problem not just in Africa, fair, fair. but it's a problem globally. All our problems are global. So once they're on the spectrum, yeah. So it might be more exacerbated when it comes to Africa, fair. but yeah. over here too. If Zara was a photographer and I'm a photographer, Zara can afford to say no. I'm not taking that yeah. that rate. And Tokyo will be like. Girl, I need them coins. I, I, need, I got bills to is, pay. How yeah. much is it? I've Every got... month, the landlord comes and says, where's my, where's my money? Yeah. And you have yes. to give him something. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's like... the inequity. That's the inequity. So it's how... We get working to overcome. Yeah. But so... that's why I think people have to stick together. And the people that have the privilege have to say, I think that's part of the solution, where you're going to pay my fellow humans the same, and we have to look out for each other. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. In a perfect world, that would be great, but that's not the reality. Come on. Utopia exists. We <laughs> <make> it. <laughs> I love that utopia exists. Yeah. So I want to go back to the current collection. Okay. Because I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like the collection before Autumn, Winter 2021. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was more intense. It was. So that collection The was, Modern Man was it? Yes, the Modern Man, Ogidi Okuri. It was actually Strong Man, but interpreted like modern strong man. Yeah. Um 
toxic masculinity Ugh. and masculinity. She said, huh. <laughs> that topic. She said, she said, she said huh. <laughs> toxic masculinity and masculinity is forced onto the black man constantly. And in which way? In every way. In every way. Society holds black men to the epitome of what masculinity should be. Mm-hmm. More so than it does other races. The strong, the 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 yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So you can't be vulnerable. You can't be. Weak, you can't cry. You can't wear pink. But compared to other races, there is a bit of maneuverability. There's a bit of maneuverability in the sense that you are allowed to be a bit more emotional. You're you are allowed to be a bit more feminine. I I see it in London. Good example. I've seen when the gay kids, the white gay kids, are all feminine. No one hassles them. But when you see the black gay kids that are feminine. They're like, oh, what's that, man? What's that? What's and you're just like, yeah. But, but the, the kids over there were just doing the same thing. Why are you having a a problem with the black kid? So it it comes down to the fact of, okay, why is that again? It's that question of like, okay, masculinity and the epitome of masculinity has been thrusted onto the black man, and it's a burden the black man has to carry. Who- did the thrusting and how did that happen? Society. <laughs> Society just said, like, hey, you go. She wants you to give a name so she can go meet that person. <laughs> like, this is what you get for doing that. Like, I want to know. Because you're so right. <laughs> it's just that that thing that happened in society and society just said that it's like we all have roles to play do you understand and yes. society has given that role to this section of society and said this is what you're going to play and when you now diverge from it divergent i love that word yeah diverge. that's a good one yeah when you now diverge from it society is like what you need to get back in line because totally you are messing up with the social structure Right about now. And it breaks my heart. I'm passionate about this because I've been surrounded by hyper alpha macho men my entire life. And I'll tell you what, it's it's literally like a role you're putting on. Constantly. It's heavy that is. That is. Constantly. It's a burden. It is. Horrible. Like it, it is a for anyone, and and it's like I, I, I looked at it from the gaze, as you said, from the gaze of from the black perspective, right? And looking at it, it's not to say that there's not toxic masculinity in other races, of course. but it's amplified. It's amplified yeah. when it comes to the to the black perspective. So it was more of a thing whereby I'm just like, it was trying to say, okay. Hence why if you saw the film, there was the baby. Hence why you saw the film, there were women celebrating the man. Do you understand what I mean? There were were different elements in the film that tried to say, okay, there's a strong man regardless of what race what ethnicity you are, what's your sexuality, doesn't matter. Yeah. That you can be in the gay community. We even within the gay community, there is toxic masculinity right. that exists and is perpetuated out there globally. Like if it's not from body shapes, do you understand what I mean? Where the gay man is only supposed to be chiseled, yeah, tall, not chiseled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, like Adonis, Adonis, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all of these things that culminate I got a, that. I got a sense of a little bit of volatility or anger out of that collection. 
is sort of like a angst. I love her. She she can she can read in between you the lines. You can art. <laughs> you really can. Because there was anger. Because I'm angry about it. Oh, I, me too. Because I'm just like, what? Yet again, why do we complicate things? And how I read that was in the the ripping and the tears and then the, you know, sewing it back up. And then just, there was even the intense ruching seemed to be a bit amplified. Because the ruching was supposed to be like, like this is society, it's straight, but there's this anomaly. Yes. There was an anomaly. The ruching always signifies anomaly. For anyone that sees it, I'm like, there's an anomaly in society. What does anomaly mean? I love this word. Anomaly, it means it's like, um, there's a glitch in the matrix. (laughs) Oh, that's an anomaly. It's like there's actually a glitch in them. Something went wrong. Here. Something went wrong. Yeah, like we were on the right path, then something we something just went like, uh, what's going on? And the right path is that we're all humans. Well, but that glitch, that anomaly, is now why are we trying to make things more complicated? Right. So we just need to really we need to make it simple. <laughs> just make yeah. it simple because yeah. life on its own, it's already difficult and we don't take a what is it called a conscious effort to understand what it means for our for individual mental health yeah yeah. like it's a very big issue so how do you two collaborate and work together i want to talk about this because uh, (laughs) mikey you're very like to me dominant secure opinionated (laughs) and you're equally as a force you have two forces yeah so how does how do, make sure we don't come? clash? <laughs> so I don't think we've ever, ever had an argument. To be honest, I think like I'm very, very good. I pride myself very good to read through and understand people. Okay. I know my boundaries. I know things. So I'll tell you our working our relationship. It's a thing where he just be like, "Come to the house. Come to the new collection." <laughs> so it's a full day. So I clear my schedule. <laughs> Cause so and then I show up. First of all, I'm like, my mouth is on the floor because I'm like, what is this? Like, I your know. Mind is insane. The colors. We didn't even talk about the colors. And then, and then, you know, he talks to me about it. He shows me his favorite pieces. Oh. And what? then, yeah, it's a, it's a full thing. Hold, it's a, a, hold pause. I get VIP treatments. Hold pause. <laughs> What's your favorite piece in your latest collection? I've been wearing it around. Yeah, I know. With the tie. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, piece. He wore it yesterday. I'm literally wearing it around. Yeah, I'm like, yep. We get so much compliments and yeah, stares. Yeah. I feel like no. The... Yesterday we, we we both dressed up and we were like, I was like, yes. Like, he <laughs> we was both li- wore the same jacket. No, no, no. no. I we, we I dressed up and he dressed up too, and we just we we're just getting the stairs. No, it was so our so he you know shows me his pieces and then we just start bouncing ideas off. Okay. We want to shoot this like what what do you have in mind what do i have in mind all that all of that and then the day of the shoot which is something i i hate but he's like mikey do it don't call me just handle it oh nice so so you get yes you get artistic he freedom. just says handle it don't Smart. call me so initially when i first of all started shooting i was scared why this is a big brand you don't want to mess that up oh <laughs> so so like I, I don't i don't want a situation where you say handle it and i don't handle it do you know what i mean so, so i was like no Tokyo, hold my hand let's yeah, do this together me, yeah. do you get me i'm like i was very so now i'm just used to it. it's like the day of the shoot we can all play and joke but the day of the shoot handle it call me when you're done i'm stepping that's but how you have that trust in that relationship yeah that's, that's where how it is that's how it is he's we're about to even shoot the spring summer 22 collection actually yeah. we're doing the film and the campaign here yeah. yes yeah. 
I was going to ask you, who are the models that you use? They all look African to me. They yeah. are. So, all dark the, skin. So, so do They're the thing, beautiful. So the thing about it is like, we want to show more diversity now mm-hmm. within the collection. So mm-hmm. this season, we're going to actually use white and Asian models. Yeah. Because it's because of... In Nigeria, that's all we have. That's, all, that's, all, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's only access to... You've been diverse in the past. You, yes. I, yeah. I think it's just recently. That I emphasize. But now we're going to... Go back you know, to yeah. the... Yeah. yeah. Well, your, your clothes do look stunning in that really dark skin. It's so delicious. It complements it. It complements it. It's beautiful. It. And the yeah. colors. Yeah, it complements it. The popping. Yeah, yeah, the yellow. I love that yellow. <gasps> that oh, yellow God, is... That's, yeah. that's one of my favorites. I, yeah. I really could use more of that yellow. The yeah. yellow, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to bring it back next season just for you. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, for yeah. you, he means give, it. He give means you a it. bit of yellow in the life, oh. and especially yeah. and you. You know what? Just for her, we probably might give it the name Zara. <gasps> Call, it the Zara. <laughs> Call it the Zara. Do you want the Zara coat? Yes, I do. <laughs> she said, "Yes, I do." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's 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 literally our process. Like before, I I used to hate it. I used to dread it because I'm like, no, because I was shoot. I'm like, is this okay? Because you don't want to end up sh- after a production and you hate the shoe. And he's and like, um, redo it. Listen, no, he will be like, Mike, what the? F-? So he, it, we've never reached that point, thank God. <laughs> but I, when I started, I used to really, really be. I would say I was very, very scared because I never plan to be a photographer yeah but i think what makes the match really spark is you both are saying something very strongly and you're saying it in your designs and you're saying it in your visuals yeah yeah and they match each other yeah i think i always say to people like for me if you need to be my friend you need to have a voice i'm not usually friends with individuals that are quaint and quiet our first conversation i think we're talking about race yes and and we reached the middle ground and we had a conversation that made sense to both of us like we saw it from both perspectives and it was that's what I like even with my tequila that I had yeah (laughs) even even while I'm tipsy I'm still speaking facts (laughs) and she was she was spewing facts I liked it because I could I'm wrestling with issues and I could wrestle with you and I could walk away and say and not feel guilty because I'm, I'm not about that guilt trip. I'm not yeah. about. Yeah. I'm just. I'm about. Let's have the conversation. Let's let's, talk um, let's ha- unpack the issues and what's the way forward. I agree. So I want to ask, what's the tone of what you're shooting now? So the outcast. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That will have to be seen. I'm not going to yeah, reveal anything. We can't, we can't reveal too much. We can't, we can't reveal too much. <laughs> that will. But I'll tell you this: seen. it's going to be gum dropping. It's gonna. It's gonna gag. You're gonna gag. Now, when you, like, okay, I'm sure I will gag. Wait. Because you said, Tokyo, you don't use mood boards. You don't have this sort of traditional sense. You are look by look by look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you the same? So, literally, it's a conversation. So, we had that conversation. And we we just start bouncing at, like, what do you want? That's how it is. I don't come up to him with the laptop or none of that. I'm just like, oh, my God, I want the ears to be stretched. How do we make the story around that? Yeah. Wait, say... The ears, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Along, so, like, how do we so, make a story so around that? that? And so we, we start from that. Oh, and it might be this season. This season, like the out. Uh, we might look at maybe it might be a fabric, or we'd be like, you know what, that that light bulb. How do we do? We just look at stuff 
and we're like, how do we create it yeah. and weave this narrative into our story? But you make sure once he starts talking, you start jotting down. <laughs> yeah, because well, you're... You, you have to remember. So so it is planned. Like, we don't just come out and sit around. But like, no, it's, what, it's what, research. Yeah, once we just start that day, we're like, okay, this is the, the template. Now let's develop the template. That's how it is. It's well, interesting. If you're in the room, you'll be like, oh my God. And where will we see the video and the upcoming images? How will uh, this be launched? We're, right now, we're launching the ad campaign images yeah. for last season, Autumn yeah. Winter 21. So I yeah. need to put that out. Yes. Okay. Um, stat. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that will probably be next year because it's spring, summer, or maybe January, February, you'll see those images. Oh, good. We have yeah. something to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. No, we shoot way ahead of time, trust yeah. me. Way ahead. In the vaults, just keep it. Yeah, that's right. no, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have had the best conversation with both Yay, of you guys. This is so much fun. Thank you. for having me in this conversation. I am Jacqueline reporting from Vietnam about what's happening in Asian fashion and culture. This is the Asian Fashion Journal. Today I want to discuss Peter Dow's debut fashion show and how it enables an optimistic future of Asian representation in fashion. If you have been following New York Fashion Week 2021, you probably have known Peter Dow's show. People often associate Peter and his talent and the aesthetics of his clothes with his mentor, Phoebe Philo. And I think that's the main reason why they bet on him. That's why everybody was tuning into his first runway show. But to me, and probably other agents whose representation in fashion is by far inferior to that of Western and even black people, what made us root for Peter's show was this expectation that this is going to be the chance to open up more doors for Asian creatives in this exclusive industry. First, I want to talk about how the story of Peter Doe, who earns a name for himself in fashion as an Asian immigrant, inspired others with similar background. Doe is a Vietnamese immigrant who moved to Philadelphia, United States at the age of 14. So we have this combo that usually doesn't work in fashion. Immigrant and BIPOC, how are you going to represent your culture with fashion as a medium? When people think of how BIPOC fashion designers celebrate their roots in their home countries, the conventional thinking is that there would be exotic elements or traditional costumes in a collection. There's nothing wrong with that, but to me, those are more like souvenirs brought from overseas. They're, they're looked at with fascination and curiosity, but easy to forget. But Peter's show, despite the name of the collection, Home, was not like that. There was the view of the Manhattan skyline, the backdrop, and models in Peter's signature blazers and square heels. Yet, he still managed to tell his story and pay homage to his roots. The Manhattan horizon was the arriving point of Peter's family, as well as many others when they first landed in America. Home tells the story of the Asian immigrant and reminds people about their strength and their perseverance who start from nothing and even have to deal with prevalent hate crimes. The second and most important thing is that Peter Doe leads change in this hardwired industry. 
His creations break down the perception that Asians are submissive, receptive, and lack sophistication, and are the last one to be making breakthroughs in an industry that's notoriously、um, competitive and thrives on elitism like fashion. Peter Doves brings unconventional values into his brand. He brings values that are not usually welcomed in fashion, but are celebrated in traditional Asian culture like humbleness and kindness. He's always credited the success to his team, which consists of people who were close to him rather than big prominent names. And if you were one of those lucky people who got the chance to attend the September show in real life, you. Probably been given a handwritten note about the connection between the process of making home and cooking pho, a Vietnamese delicacy. But in this context, it's tied back to his father's bonding ritual as a family tradition. So it is those nuances that add such sophistication, and overall made Peter Doe's collection stand out. We've been trying to promote inclusivity in fashion, and while there are more Asian models on the runway compared to, say, the 2000, it's still rare to see an Asian fashion designer leading the charge for a new generation who are not afraid to tell their own stories that are trying to fit in the same mold that's been set for centuries. So, in an indirect way, Peter Dao also introduced a new image of Asian fashion, something other than. 1980s Japanese streetwear or cheap counterfeit clothing, mass-produced in textile companies scattered across the continent. What Peter Doe did was that he led a change of mindset, a change of how people perceive Asians in fashion. He broke down the stereotypes and paved the way for a more optimistic, more inclusive future for Asian creatives in fashion. This is the Asian Fashion Journal by Jacqueline Pham, a brand new series of all things in Asian fashion and culture, created in partnership with Unbiased Label. Thank you for listening to the Unbiased Label podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, then please connect with us on social media, tell a friend, and leave a review. Please tune in next time for more conversation on fashion and culture from a critical global perspective at the intersection of industry and academia. Until next time, stay well.